Hello, and welcome to the Free Range Buffalo. Break free from the herd. Today, as part of our Standing on the Shoulder of Giants series, we'll be taking a listen to President Reagan's inaugural address. And today, I'm joined with my co-host, Michael Morse. Hello, Bryce. So, how does life find you today, Mike? Well, and yourself? Well, you know, I'm just excited. I'm excited because I'm choosing hope. No, it's funny. I think there's uh, there's always so much uh, possibilities for negativity and uh, people to knock you down because there's a lot of stuff when you're, if, if you really consume a lot of news like I do, and I know you do, uh, it can really get start turning into a bit, bit negative. But I think what I'm looking for is... Uh, trying to find some real positivity and uh, not false, not naive, but actually um, building on, on some hope. So that being said, I was looking through my, I, this is what I do in my spare time. I'm, I'm that guy uh, of, of speeches. I always love the, the, the masters who find the best way to describe a situation and uh, inspire people to it. And uh, yeah, so I was listening to Reagan the other day and I just about fell off my chair uh, because he might as well, I mean, he gave this, this speech uh, as the first inaugural address, uh, and it was in 1981, and he might have well been speaking today. It's just off my chair, I was, I was flying. So uh, with no further ado, I'm going to give his inaugural address, just a small snippet of it, and I, um, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, have ourselves a little talk about how that can apply to us today. For decades... We have piled deficit upon deficit, mortgaging our future and our children's future for the temporary convenience of the present. To continue this long trend is to guarantee tremendous social, cultural, political, and economic upheavals. You and I, as individuals, can, by borrowing, live beyond our means, but for only a limited period of time. Why then should we think that collectively, as a nation, we're not bound by that same limitation? We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. And let there be... We have to act today in order to preserve tomorrow. I, I, I just fell off my chair because growing up in, uh, in Canada... We, we've gone through this before. I mean, the Americans were talking about the deficit spending, and, and they've wrestled back and forth, but they've never really been held to the mat. Uh, but I remember, uh, oh, under the Chrétien years, when uh, we just, when, when the foreign creditors uh, were uh, turning off the taps. Do you remember that? Yeah, back in 93. 93 I think it was 93. Yeah, yeah. I was a young lad. That's hard for people to wrap their heads around. If, if, if they were... They weren't aware of it because we don't talk about it publicly, but just before in that same era, or actually I think it was just after this, New Zealand itself went bankrupt. Um, they they had to do, a, I mean, they, they couldn't get any more money. And it sounds weird. I mean, Canada's top 10 economy in the world. We're uh, advanced manufacturing, or we're manufacturing then, uh, financial services, highly educated population, more resource rich in every measure of it um you know aerospace 
computers. We, we, I, even at the time, you know, we were a huge manufacturer of all this uh, of these high tech devices, and we were out of money. We were we had borrowed ourselves out of our past our capacity to finance it, and the lenders no longer would give us money. Now, there's a lot of discussions that I have with people about because Reagan had the line. Why households can buy temporary convenience today, but you that's only temporary. You eventually have to pay it back or, and people stop lending you money. So why do you think government's any different? So before I answer this, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it is a brilliant line, the temporary enjoyment of convenience. Mm. I think in this day and age, if you fast forward to, to now, Convenience has become the number one thing. It's the commodity of our generation. Mm. Look at Amazon. What have they done better than anything? Made it very convenient for you to buy things. Yeah, yeah. And they're only increasing that. Uh, and that is one of the things on Bezos' flywheel that he talks about is is that consumers especially will always value his convenience. Mm-hmm. We've become addicted almost in a sense to convenience and a lot of the voting populace is not prepared um nobody wants to be told that hey your tomorrow's not going to look quite as good as today or that your quality of life is going to have to take some compromises right absolutely nobody wants that uh but people that have fought hard and worked hard don't want to be told that so it's very difficult for a politician to come out and be honest with people and yet I think if they attached it to a higher vision, uh, we're doing this because of this, it might work. But, but what happens when your, 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 your population doesn't believe that tenant, that, that you have to run a government like you run a, um, a household, that you can't continually take on debt now there's even in households there's times when you do take on debt because that's it's a necessary expenditure uh for a it's an investment into your future well the key word there was temporary yes and what happens when you have these structural deficits is that your servicing cost to the debt becomes so expansive Mm -hmm. that uh what we saw today with morno uh he's already what was it eight billion dollars off already from the spring budget yeah, like uh, give me a break. You either don't know how to do math, which is bad because your your family runs the biggest pen, uh, private pension provider in all of Canada, and you can't do math. Well, that's poor. So you're nine billion dollars off, and they're estimating it's going to be a lot higher in the future. A lot of that's going to be uh, cost of servicing debt, and that's what's happening on a, on a residential level, on an individual level, right? And Eventually, it will happen to the government. Now, they probably have some more mechanisms to pull, but we're not. It's not like they have a lot of arrows left in the quiver. If you look at the, where interest rates are right now, they can't really go up because it's going to hurt the consumer, and then the banks aren't going to be paid on their mortgages. The government can't really afford them to go up because they can't afford any more debt servicing costs. So, before we deep dive onto interest rates because that, that really is a huge uh, red flag uh, for, 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 for educating all of us about why um, you know systemic deficit spending, structural deficit and uh, accumulation of 
debt past a certain level of your um, GDP, which is basically the analogous of your household income. Before we do that, what I, because I'm having these conversations with people, you know, about deficits, because I lose my mind. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not an American. I, uh, how, how they have their economy set up, they have a few more arrows in the quiver for withstanding deficit spending past what a satellite state such as Canada has to deal with. We're, we're not the, we don't have the currency of the world like the Americans do. We don't have the power of, the, of, of their federal bank. We don't have their financing capacity that, that, that is New York. And we don't have their, their military stretched across the, the world uh, that, that's able to exert influence over people. We're, okay, so I look at it, how do you educate people? Because one of those quotes that stuck out with me, because I'm, I'm, I'm a quote geek, uh, from one of the conquerors of uh, Carthage, is a very ancient Roman about the Republic, a gentleman by the name of Scipio Africanus, big hero, uh, other than the fact he salted the earth at Carthage. I mean, you, you, he really knew how to conquer. Anyways, but what he did say about the Republic, he said, as he was looking at the circus, he says, the day the people realize they can vote themselves free bread is the death of the Republic. And by that he meant that that people do, will not have the self-restraint collectively to say no because it's someone else's money. And it's kind of t- to your point. Okay, so if people realize, well, I, I, I don't want to suffer. I'm, I'm not willing to give up my government pension plan. I'm not willing to give up my government-provided health care, my government-provided roads, my government-provided uh, education system. I'm not willing to, to give up on my government-provided public uh, broadcaster. And by the way, e- each one of these, you can decide to rip apart if you want, but each one of these services that the state has decided to provide, once they're in place, people are very hesitant and unwilling to give them up, even if they don't have, uh, have the money, because they don't per- are personally bearing the cost until it's past the point of no return. And it's really hard for me for because people have a hard time wrapping the heads around that because you know I say well it's like a household, and the reply back to me is like well yeah but there's companies that are awash in debt and they and their stock market's still high stock price is still high and they're still making the dividend payments and they, but, but they're accumulating debt all the time, so I was wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah, that's a whole different thing, and they have accountants and and people that are very smart and know what more often than not know what they're doing Mm -hmm. with ultra low interest rates it's easy to borrow low and then use that money for other purposes in your corporation i think it's uh it's completely different than a household or a government Mm. so you just mentioned the same thing so this is the time i guess we should flash forward with parking the issue about whether a government can ignore the rules of economics and, and, and there are historical examples of how every state has had to deal with this. Um, like even in Rome, I mean, that, I mean the, the whole idea of debasing a currency, I mean, first they started clipping the coins, little, little, little shards off the coins and taking those, those clippings and resmelting them into coins. Then they started um, debasing it by putting different metals. So that, that, that's what the actual word debasing means is they started putting like cheaper tin in with the silver. It was debased. Um, and so the Romans had 
runaway inflation because because they had to have a money supply. Then they had to have a, have an issue in uh, you know every government every like in, in medieval Europe they're always at war so there it was a huge government expenditures to build ships to field armies. But if they didn't do these things, they would cease to exist because the neighboring country would overpower them, take all their stuff. So they they would accumulate these huge amounts of debts, and then they would become impoverished. Inflation would w- would take hold, and so on and so forth. It's only now we can even say like in the, um, the, the, that there are countries where they've experienced hyperinflation. You know, uh, whether it's the Weimar Republic in Germany, you know, Italy, uh, a lot of these countries where they inflation just went insane and there's modern examples such as venezuela where hyperinflation exists well it's a good thing they don't count oil and gas because of the carbon tax coming up or food in inflation costs because that's going up again next year too but don't worry guys inflation is going nowhere so we can keep borrowing and everything's okay right so no no it's fine yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's me, fine so, so 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 <laughs> parking those historics parking the the premise about governments uh, and households being analogous. But I would actually say even about corporations, because you actually touched upon the, the main driver, and that's the cost of money, the cost of capital. And because we've existed in this weird nebulous time where, where, where we see interest rates almost being divorced from economic factors, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, on, on where where we exist on these interest rates. I mean, how much longer can this go on? Well, as long as there's the will of uh, collect, uh, sorry, the collective will of central banks around the world, it mm. can go on for some time. Eventually, I think the buck has to stop. And yet, people have been saying this since 2010. Right. So I heard a really interesting hypothesis. That one of the main drivers, because of all, because the capital is coming from somewhere, right? And one of the big drivers in the West, because almost all of the West, which was a huge creator of wealth across the world, and it's it's been the baby boomers. So baby boomers have been looking, um, and then they acquired all this wealth, and then they first were really driving the stock markets and they started, made mutual funds and they've been divesting and, and, and putting monies into these big funds. Um, and they get, and they're shopping around looking for some sort of return, trying to get their last gasp as before they really start withdrawing. Like, and because they had this huge delay in their retirement and, and, the, and they've been in greater health than previous generations and uh, through healthcare, that there may be another three four years i mean this was the the hypothesis but once those withdrawals once that point of inflection because they're making withdrawals now they are but once that point of inflection comes and the money really starts getting pulled out of the system because they need to start living off it rather like rather than letting it sit and making them returns once that point of inflection cro- is, you know the, is crossed that's when the air will get put out of the system and it's not about central banks they only have like if you thought a central bank was invincible, you wouldn't have runaway inflation in Venezuela. You wouldn't have had the Weimar Republic hyperinflation. You wouldn't have these because the central bank wouldn't. Well, Venezuela is a bit different. I think, you know, there's some corruption there and, well, and, and other sure. such things. Well, yeah, but but I mean, their central bank's not a shining standard in the world. No, but I. Any time that a system is put under that kind of extreme stress, they don't look that shiny. 
and they won't. And that's why I said the key is coordinated effort. Because if you look what's happened around the world, mm. it's been money printing by Japan, United States, the EU, and they've kept it going. And any time there's been a hiccup. Uh, so what's happened now with all three of them in the race yeah. is they kind of allow one one country, one central bank to take the foot off the gas for a little bit. Yeah. And if you notice the market hiccups pretty bad. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, maybe things are getting a little unsustainable in their purchasing. So yeah. they have to trim it back a little bit. Well, sure. the other two are picking it up. And so they're just keeping this game uh, going on. And w- when or where does it end? I don't know. Better people than me are thinking about it. I'm sure somebody does. It's kind of a scary thought yet as long as there's that will well, you, you don't have much of a choice and uh, you made a point earlier about the romans debasing currency mm. canada did that when pelos got in right oh uh, yeah yeah right yeah, if yeah, you think yeah, about it yeah, you're 30 percent right, haircut is pretty gnarly yeah and, and, we, and we just took it because that that's what yeah. the previous generation like in, in the 80s that that's was that was our normal so it was like well i guess we're back to normal okay okay but our best years were actually when our dollar was apart and if you look at it, there's only been a couple times in in over history but those have been the best years for canada yeah is you bet when, it is. is when we've had a strong dollar yeah and so whoever thinks that canada specifically should not have a strong dollar is uh, i would i would argue with them well Frankly, we're we're a resource provider, so basically, anytime our our currency is low, we're giving away our resources at a at a discount. Well, and that's what totally hooped the oil market. It was yeah, the oil the oil crash, but then yeah, but I mean, it, but, it, it, timber, uh, <coughs> gold, mineral, like any, yeah. any, any food. We're we're hewers of water and wood, and uh, now we're giving it away, and and our industries have been systematically destroyed, fisheries, yeah, forestry oil and gas there's not much left no Ag, no the, the farmers aren't going to be there no and, and and there there's a perfect storm about that and but this this plays into it is you know we talk about you know the, so you mentioned the e the europeans the americans and the japanese are working in concert trying to keep the the, the treadmill going now there's a there's a quote from one of the popes i think it's one of the pious is pope pious there's a lot of them so i'm not going to give you the number but it was in the, um, in the medieval era. And he said, if people only knew the lack of wisdom to which the ru- world is ruled, they would weep. I'm paraphrasing. But that really rang true to me. We often try to give these people in vaunted positions of power some sort of um, otherworldly knowledge. My experience has been as I as I've climbed through various hierarchies, either through the military or through the private sector, that uh, the guy above me, he's got got some has some secret knowledge that I don't have because I don't understand this. And then as you climb the ladder, there's no secret knowledge. The guy was bluffing, and you know sometimes that that's all you need for to, to, to drive an organization is a big bluff, and that's even what economy is. I mean, you mentioned this. It's what it's a, all an economy is is a common belief that's shared amongst the majority. If the majority thinks that good times are going to keep going, they they're going to keep going. You know, um, you know, a topic for a future uh, you know show will be the, the European Union why it's structurally insane and doesn't make any sense. But yet, because they all collectively agreed this is what they're going to keep doing, it keeps going. 
I mean, the thing should have been dismantled. I mean, the, after the the Greeks and the, uh, imploded in that whole shooting match, that should have been a good gut check. Right. Was that a mistake? Mistake? Yeah. Let's just stop this. Because you either had to integrate completely as the uh, United States of Europe or you're different countries. But they agreed to keep going. It's not because they're wiser than anyone else. It's just this is th- th- through a force of will they're trying to do something that is structurally nonsensical. And I think where I get so concerned about this is when it's time to pay the piper, whatever that inflection point will be, what I get really concerned about is I don't see a lot of wisdom going around like like Lagarde who was in charge of the IMF. I, I've seen her speak. She has no secret knowledge that I'm aware of. Um, even Alan Greenspan, the markets used to, you know, rise and fall off of a half a word he would say in front of a, a committee, and uh, that 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 that's also nonsensical. It has to be driven on on, on fundamentals. And when you divorce from the fundamentals, and you can do it because we we have very powerful systems, and we're and we're collecting all of the resources for the masses of people, both in the, across the West, United States, and Europe. People just trying to find some place to park money, and because it's been so safe for the last. 25 years we think that this is invincible and no one learned a lesson from the, the from 08 everything's fine everything's fine and then it's not fine they threw the kitchen sink to sustain the system last time and now they haven't rebuilt the kitchen sink now they just don't have it so what i don't know i, I mean i'm not saying i'm a i'm a, I'm a doom and gloom but i i i don't know how to how they're going to exist without a some sort of foundation yeah well that if you look at it what's the government econ not government economy they collect tax revenues right who do they collect them from the individuals if there's nobody left in any of the industries to make money who's going to pay the taxes that's how the end game starts is when people when the tax collector starts coming and knocking on your door so that someone down the road still has their services people are going to be upset and what's it's going to pit people against each other Mm. and i think if i'm being evil and nefarious that that would be the end game for for them because if everybody's unsatisfied who are they going to revolt against the government Mm. and out of that will come a new system there'll be a lot of violence there'll be a lot of upheaval Mm -hmm. struggle people will suffer what's easier than that for the government just for the government. Pit yeah. them against the neighbor. Pit well, them against your neighbor, and then you guys fight it out, and then there'll be, you know, there'll be less, and maybe we'll get taxes later. Now, I don't want to go down that road and be all conspiratorial and things like that, but it's it's hard to say where the end game is. Um, they've said, you know, that deficits won't work for 30, 30 years. That, that speech was almost 40 years ago. But I would challenge uh, the left-wingers who are listening, if any, is that that's what you guys have been saying about climate change for <laughs> that long too. So, you know, you can't have one without the other. Uh, you can't keep spending money that you don't have forever and ever. We know that that's a fact. Where does it end? I don't know. Well, and and, and that's and that's exactly right. I think hearing Reagan's words, you know, coming, I mean, that's 38 years ago. And, uh, you know, that... That, that called the arms, one could argue, revitalized America for a period. Just like how being forced Canada uh, under Chrétien Martin 
uh, to stabilize our own finances, you know, and, and carry through. I mean, Canadians were, were fanatical about deficit spending um, up until the, uh, basically 2008, you know, the, the, the financial crash. And what ended up happening is we, we, we loosened the taps, everyone else was spending, and we lost the physical discipline. And now we haven't paid a price. And, we, and, and I think there's some people around, this, the, around the circle of decision makers who think we can do this without consequence. I agree. There's always a consequence. And what, what I fear is, is and, and, and anyone listening, uh, for everyone who's listening to this, I think we all need to collectively demand from our, our, our leaders to try and show some discipline. Because if we can't do this voluntarily, it'll be done for us. And when it's done for us, it'll be painful. Now, either be done orderly by another IMF, by all of the creditors saying, we're not loaning you guys any more money. I mean, Ontario, you're the most indebted region in all of uh, Western world. Um, Canada, you guys are, 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 are tracking way too much of, of debt. You guys can't even be servicing it. And it'll be dictated. Or we're all going to be part of another big collapse, but without any resources to actually handle it. And this, and the system goes into gridlock. Um, I prefer option a, actually that's option a option B is the, the complete collapse of the entire system or option C, which is my actual preferred one is we actually show, show some, uh, some foresight, some, uh, some rational discussions out loud about how we need to be prudent and sound and, try to actually create a healthy financial system, both for government and for all of us. So, yeah, Reagan, I hope you're not a prophet, but uh, I, I hope someone will, 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 will p- take up his mantle and that, and that rallying cry and stop looking for short-term convenience. On that happy note, from all of us here at the Free Range Buffalo, roam free. <laughs>